and welcome to episode four of the Flames Fancast. Hockey is just mere days away now. We play Edmonton away on Wednesday, October 4th. And I personally am looking forward to seeing the ass end of preseason and the beginning of the regular season. Uh, hopefully it leads us to more wins than losses and more success than failure. So, Jake, uh, what do you think about preseason? How much, how much stock do we really put in our, our, our preseason endeavors? I feel like the preseason is just an indicator of um, some of the talents that we have. Uh, it's a opportunity. Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. <laughs> this this preseason, preseason has been just dog shit. Like, we have not played well at all. But it's still preseason. Like, nobody should really give a shit, but I do kind of now. Yeah, because... I think, I think as, anytime you take the ice, yeah. shouldn't you want to win? Yeah. Like, you're, these pro athletes are there because they have this innate desire and drive to to win it, it's weird because like i always thought preseason was an opportunity for these youngsters to come up play their ass off try to make the team and so forth but i even went to the game uh last week and i didn't really see that like shillington was okay like he was getting involved with the play and, and, and whatnot but overall the team was pretty like nah don't give a shit just here to play and just wait till the preseason's over but I don't know. I I remember a time when we had a really bad preseason and we ended up actually having a good start to the season. That was like ten years ago. So maybe we can repeat that. I don't know. It's our, kind our of weird. Right? I mean, it, it was poor, and and the most damning indictment was that, you know, I guess we're coming out and saying the compete level just isn't there, and the determination and the drive and the wanting it just isn't there, and I think. Maybe some things can be forgiven in preseason, but that's that's um, by and large a, a bad a bad take to go out of preseason with because you're looking at a team who just isn't going out on the ice, skating hard, playing hard, winning those fifty fifty battles, fighting for the puck, blocking shots, anything like that. It's not happening, and you know if you start strong, you're gonna finish strong, and we did not. Yeah. start very strong and I, I remember going to a game last year and there was um, I can't remember who the player was but it was definitely someone who was a fringe player or who was you know perhaps trying to make one of those fourth line spots and there was an icing call and he's just coasting down the ice and you're watching this guy skate like that and the Winnipeg player out hustled him negated the call and I'm sitting there like turning to the people around me did, did anyone else see that? It's like I didn't I didn't come to watch that. Especially in the preseason. I didn't come to see anybody not give their absolute best, but No. I don't know, like I what what really fucking pisses me off, okay, like I'm just gonna say this right now. We lost to Oilers twice and we lost to the fucking Canucks twice. Why? We can't lose to these teams. Like, okay, I know the Oilers are getting better and you know, we always have our Weekly plug about how shit the Oilers are and how they don't deserve anything right now, but whatever. Let's get past that. We lost them twice. I know it was a split squad game, but it doesn't make a difference, right? We still have to work way harder. Like, and you should be, you should have that, especially losing to them all four games last year. Man, you should have that, you know, extra fight and extra grit going into games like that. Like, I would be so satisfied, even if we lost to the Oilers, but there was like a bench clearing brawl and like everybody was just like getting into it. Like our fans <laughs> failed too. Like I was at the Oilers game when uh, 
Well, we I talked think, about that last yeah, week too. I know. Like I was, there, and like the fans are not like the the Oilers fans are out ch- cheering us. Like that's fucking stupid. Like that's our turf. So anyway, yeah, the fans. We got to be way better about that. But yeah, like. It really does bother me that we lost the like the Canucks really have no prospects. Like I don't understand how we lost these guys twice, but you know we we beat the Coyotes. You know we were kind we of beat, we beat the Jets. We lost to the Jets. Yeah, we're split on the Jets. But even then, like the shootout thing is. I mean, we wanted a shootout. I don't really count that as a win, but I mean that's a tie in my mind. Um, but yeah, we could have had a way 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 better preseason. This was a poor one at best. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know. <clears throat> And you mentioned the Oilers and the Canucks. And last night, their game was on TV. It was like choosing between shit and vomit. Mm. It was like, I don't know which is worse. Those are good choices. Yeah. That's what you're left with when Sportsnet does that. <laughs> I got a turn choice that between on. I turned that and on vomit. and I, I threw up a little bit in yeah. my mouth. I saw that on TV. And, and then you just... took a shit in your pants over <laughs> too. You had a choice between shit and vomit. You're like, well, I might as well shit my pants and vomit and swallow it back. Uh, anyhow, Sports preseason's done. We have no more preseason games. Jackie Redmond is gone. <laughs> I love her so much. We have to focus on Wednesday night against the Oilers in Edmonton. Uh, I guess this is a good time. We're looking at the schedule right now, and let's say our first four games. We've got Edmonton away. We've got Winnipeg at home. And then we have, right away, Anaheim away fuck and then we have Los Angeles away now <laughs> Anaheim away is loss as, as really much, you I, just fuck it, it up. is That's we it, can't eh? we go there let's our minds we, let's we're just, watch it it's just, it's just <laughs> I maybe mean, this is it Hang honestly on, is if, it. We, right here, if we you know? get I'm gonna say I, I said earlier too but you know what I'm gonna be a bit of an optimist here and say if we get three points out of those first four games, I'll be, I'll be pretty happy. Three out of four, still, you're setting the bar pretty low. <laughs> like, I was going to tell you this last night when you mentioned this, but I, you know, like, we got to aim for at least four. I don't think at least we can get I, maybe that two first wins game out of against this. Edmonton. You know, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. An away game against Edmonton, the first game of the season. Then we got a home game against Winnipeg. I'm thinking that's we got to win that game. And then somehow we scratch a point out of Los Angeles away. I think we can beat LA away, and I think we can beat the Jets. I think the Ducks and Oilers, again, as much as I hate to say it, but I, I, yeah, our chances are a little bit lower on those ones. I don't know, but like the Oilers' home opener, there's a chance and opportunity for Gullitson to tell the players, like, look, Here's our, here. this is our opportunity yeah. to start the season proper, get our fans riled up. We've... As fans, we've had kind of some distractions with the stadium and all that. Like, let's just focus on getting this team off to the right start. We had a shit preseason. I'd be hucking the fucking garbage cans in the dressing room, man. Like, I'd be trying to get these guys Is going. Is he that kind of coach, though? I, mean, I don't know. He seems like... I, I don't... Buddy, I'm, not necessarily, I'm not necessarily a fan of kind of how he throws, throws the players under the bus in press conferences saying, like, our compete level wasn't there. Well, coach... If their compete level isn't there, whose job is it to motivate these players? Exactly. I and, agree with I mean, you. come on. You got to get these guys fired up for this game and they're not ready to go. That that's on you. Yeah. That's on you 100%. If and I I wanted to say this too, if we go into these games and we lose by saying, "Yeah, we tried our best, but we just weren't good enough because the other team was better." Well, that's that's bad. Yeah. But I I guess the one saving grace out of this thing is that 
we didn't try hard enough and we lost because of that. Well, that's still bad. They're both bad in my opinion. But Absolutely. I just want to, I, I don't want to hear again that, oh, we didn't try hard enough. We didn't compete. We, we, we didn't want it enough. Yeah. Hey, you guys are, this is your profession. You have mm-hmm. to want, like, how do you get to this level without wanting it? Yeah, I agree with How you. do you get to any high level of anything without wanting it? Well, I think the other, I totally agree with you. And, like, I actually wanted to get your opinion on this because, like, I remember last year, Guy Boucher had that, like, massive rant about how much they sucked. And then they went on that crazy-ass run. And they started doing better. But that, do you agree with, like, let me get your opinion on this. Do you agree with, like, doing that from time to time? And I mean, like, maybe once a season. Throwing that kind of, like, fire at the players may work. But I would preface it by saying, you know, it starts with me. And then it goes down. And we all have to be better. Mm-hmm. We all have to be better. And right, right now, we're junked. We're not good. But if, if, uh, if we play like the team I know we are, we can be better. Something like that. I don't like, especially Gulitsan, you know, this is his what? This is his rookie season. Or rookie, this is his first coaching job with the Flames. First head coaching job, right? Yeah, pretty much. Come on, man. Like, you gotta, you gotta take some responsibility. And you can't just... And I, I don't know how, how well is like a Goudreau and a Monaghan going to respond to that. You know, I think our defensive core, they're very like mature, established players. But those two forwards, I, I, I feel like they're a bit more fickle. Yeah. They're, they're not as, as mentally strong as, say, a, a Giordano or a Brody or, I think it's, I think it's or a, wide, a Weidman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weidman is uncoachable. Let's just get that out there. <laughs> If he's going to body check fucking referees, hi, you, you can't stop this guy. You got to go on the ice and get in the way or something. <laughs> anyway, I, I agree with you. But like, I think there's now, there's going to be a transition of kind of the coaching that you and I used to watch on TV with the Flames in the 90s and the 2000s and stuff. Like, I think there was a, there's been a distinct shift of the style of coaching because of the youth coming up into the NHL. Millennials. Millennials. That is my topic of the day i i fucking hate millennials but that's because we didn't really grow up in the and technically we are but like we're not really the needy like i'm entitled like i deserve everything and everything right away you know he's got a he's got a tough job we have to appreciate the fact that he's got to find that middle ground between going up to i'm not saying johnny's a is a needy dude but he probably has this challenge in the dressing room where He's got the young guys that he's got to be a little bit more of like a big brother to, yeah. but then be more of a, like a, a dad to like a Geo or something like that. Like he's got he's to gotta find that balance, but at the same time, not show those sides too obvious, too obvious to the players so that everyone's like, well, what the fuck? You're, you're talking to, you know, Johnny and like fucking Monty like that, and you're not talking to me like that? Like what the hell is this? Like... He's got a tough job too. Well, it's about finding that. It's about finding that niche about how each player responds to your exactly. actions, right? And yeah. I remember, I think we may have talked about this before, but there was that game where Monahan and Goudreau and Boma showed up and they couldn't skate five feet. They couldn't do anything. Yeah, they, they it was came just, hung over. <laughs> well, they were probably stoned on cocaine or something like that. But like they couldn't do anything, and some of the veteran players were pissed. I, I remember staging, but I agreed with him a hundred percent. He's like. The fuck are you doing showing up to practice like this? You're supposed to be yeah. our star, our leading scorer, our, yeah. our number one line, and you, you treat us like this? Yeah. You know, I'm busting my balls every day on the fourth line blocking shots so you get these opportunities. And exactly. Like, how, these guys, they just don't... 
you can't you can't show up to practice like that. Like you can't show up to work drunk. You get fired. These these guys were they, they sat a game or something, which was the right decision. Sit them a game, but yeah, but you know, part of me just feels like that didn't even like send the no. message, right? Like they still, I still got this impression that they were bigger than the team at that. Point, How do you which send them a message? You need to sit them for fucking five games. Why not? I mean, like I, I'm sure a lot of people disagree with me here, but if you sit a player for five games after doing something stupid, having like a fucking cocaine fueled sex orgy with hookers, <laughs> blowing dick off like <laughs> blowing cocaine off the guy's dick, like you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't really care. You can do whatever you want, but. You're gonna have to face the consequences. Like if I'm if I'm Geo, and I see a player. No, but if I see, a, <laughs> it's not that funny, man. But like if I see a player getting five game suspension from the team without pay, yeah. Then you know what? Everyone, everyone's gonna be like, you know what? I better, I better fucking be I better careful buckle here. down. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, I what? got a job to do, and they're taking it seriously. So should I? Yeah, like I mean, I. But, but I, are I, they gonna respond that way? Well, I think you got to try because what's what is the worst that's going to happen? You're not going to lose completely goes off. I don't think you're going to lose a dressing room because but you lose those you lose Goudreau, you lose Monahan or someone well then like what, that. What kind of fucking player do you want on your team then? You want a guy that's going to be able to get away with like banging a prostitute like or, or, or do you want a guy again? I'm not saying that this is what they do. I'm just going really extreme here just to set a point like. What what do you want on the team? You want a talented guy that sits there and does blow. You want that time, guy who has that him? attitude. That's you know, doing die for the team, do anything for the team. Exactly. But you okay? Leads by example, right? Exactly. He's, he's there to practice half an hour early, and he's leaving an hour after, right? Yeah. That's the guy you want. That's exactly what I want. But the staff is shutting down the lights in the saddle dome, and he's still on the ice. In fairness, like ideally, that's what you want from every player on the team. That's what you should get. People fucking rip their assholes apart to make the fucking NHL, man. Right, yeah. You know how hard it is? Like, and so, I, you know, but there's another counter-argument here that I'll actually, like, bring up that I actually agree with, though, is that you can also have players that do this stupid shit on their personal life, but they still come to the game, work their balls off, make sure that the team gets all the effort that they can give it, still work hard in practice, still stay late, come early, whatever, and they still do their bullshit outside of outside of their job does that really work but I, but I'm i don't thinking, care I'm about thinking that mike richards right now okay but i'm thinking like uh this is not the same sport but i'm thinking dennis rodman people people laugh at it but the dude used to fly to vegas before playoff games come back hungover get like 18 rebounds he was one of the best defensive players in nba history like if you have a guy like that fine you know if he does it but that's a rarity yeah, that's the only I reason why I brought very, up. It's rare, rare, very rare. So if there's a guy on our team, he also goes to North Korea now. Well, okay. Anyway, there's like, a few screws loose. <laughs> if there are any screws, <laughs> so I, I guess like I, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm, I'm also saying like we need to maybe just go some extreme routes sometimes. Like if a guy's not showing up to practice, then fucking sit him down for a game or two. Maybe sit him down for five for going to Mexico with his buddy and coming back hungover and he couldn't even practice. Yeah. That's unacceptable, man. You would get fired from your job if you came drunk. I would get fired from my job if I came drunk. Like, belligerently. Yeah, well, they're not showing up drunk. They're just showing up incapable of doing their job. Well, I mean, at that point, what's the difference? Whether you're drunk or not, if you're coming incapable because your mind is all messed up from, like, the weekend... 
Yeah, but bottom line, I I'd, I'd be furious. I was furious. Like I'm a I was I still am a big Bulma fan. I'm one of two people that wear his jersey to the games. The other being his mother <laughs> and me. I loved Bulma's play. I but I mean he obviously fell off the planet. We're not really we don't even have him anymore. But he was the guy that I like watching because he's the one that gets sacrifices in front of the puck and. Puts his body on the line. He was the guy coming early, leaving late. I loved players like that, but then he even fell into that trap, right? Well, he was the one who was couldn't skate that practice, but yeah. So you think you think what four points from the first four games? I think three. I think four. Yeah. I mean, I hope I'm hoping for eight. Don't get me wrong. Oh but yeah. We both won eight. I'm thinking for, oh. You know, anything we get from that Edmonton game is a bonus. <laughs> um. Uh, that that Winnipeg game should be a win. Anything if we get anything, if we get a goal in the Anaheim game, it's a bonus. <laughs> and then you know that LA game is the wild card. I'm 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 thinking maybe maybe we could sneak sneak in an overtime. I think we'll take that one to overtime. If we could at least take, I I guess like if we could take Anaheim and LA to overtime, that'd be ideal. Yeah, you know, any a point on the road, I'll take it all day. Yeah. I'll take it all day. If we get a point on every single away game, at least like that'd be great. We won't, right? like, but, but we won't. That's, I mean, that's... and I think I think it'd be good this year if we we made the Saddle Dome a really tough place to come. Mm-hmm. People hate coming to the dome. Hate coming to. I remember, two thousand something. I don't know what it was. After the cup run, 2006 to 2009, the Dome was like a terrible place for other teams to come. They hated coming here. Hated it. And now it's just kind of, yeah. well, anything can happen, you know. Yeah, who who knows true. what's going to happen when you come to the South <laughs> I, I want it to be that, that fortress, that fortress of red. But, but the, uh, I mean, you know how it is. Like, whenever we go to, like, an Edmonton game, it almost feels like an Edmonton stadium sometimes. When like, yeah. Like, when the Oilers score, it's actually, like... You gotta let those Oilers fans wow. know that they're just fucking cunts and they can't... You should just bring, like, flares to the stadium and just <laughs> huck it at them. <laughs> we need to, like, congregate them into one section and just start hucking things at them. <laughs> that, no, you, that would just degenerate into... Let's start the Flames Ultra group. <laughs> uh, they're, just, they're just so smug. They just sit there know, with man. their stupid, like... They all have that stupid logo hat. You know the one that they used to have? Like an oil drop or an oil rig or something? I hate it. Then they wear that blue hat and that repulsive, you know, vile puke orange jersey that they have. And they... McDavid! (laughs) Everybody, everybody has McDavid jersey. God. It's so stupid, man. Like, you don't deserve it. Edmonton, you don't deserve it. You shouldn't be acting this fucking pompous about it. At all. You don't deserve it. No Edmonton fan... Can fucking tell me you, you, you know, deserve what you have. I think you do we, not I think, deserve. I think it. we talked about this yesterday too. We're all, we're gonna cut this quick, but yeah. I don't think Drysaddle is gonna produce like he did. Mm-mm. So we're saying that now. I hope it's true. I mean, he's just the Yari Curry. Yeah, like McDavid. Right? You're just Yari Curry in disguise. You, you are you know? Yari Curry. You are Yari Curry. <laughs> <laughs> if McDavid leaves Edmonton, you're going with him. We all know it. Yeah. The team. The team. So it looks like we've pretty much got three lines. And then the fourth line, anything from, I think, Lazar. I hope Jankowski and then Stajan probably, maybe Hamilton, maybe Glass, maybe that random 
Herivik guy that we found <clears throat> on the internet 20 minutes before recording this. <laughs> Herivik? But, I mean... <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. I hope Jankowski makes it. It's time. It's like, you got you to gotta push this guy in. He's going to make it or he's going he's gonna to break. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, what, do, what did you think of him in preseason here? Uh, I think he had actually. I think he had a good preseason. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I was. I'm pushing for the guy to make the team. I remember going to. Um, in June, you can go to. There's like a sit down with Ken King and uh, Brian Burke and Treliving, and they sit there and they answer questions. And one of the questions was about Jankowski, and they were saying, you know, we're monitoring this guy. We want to get him in the team. It's just slow. And sometimes I think our development of players is really slow to their detriment. Mm-hmm. I I think we just. This guy's 18, 19. It's just, it's, sometimes it's got to be trial by fire. You, you look at a lot of successful NHL players now. They're coming in younger and they're, they're making an impact younger. And I, I, I wrote this down. I'm upset about our signing of Fu because we cut him before we cut our roster down to 28. Mm-hmm. And we were all thinking this. What did we promise this guy when we signed him? Were we saying, yeah, you're going to be playing on the fourth line or something? Or were we guaranteeing him a spot? And then we just... We just cut him already, or because there were a bunch of teams interested, weren't there? Edmonton yeah. was interested. We were interested. I think a bunch. Of I want to say five or nine teams, right? There's a there's a slight amount of hype for this guy, and like I I never heard of him. Like I obviously did my internet research after the no. articles were coming out, and I was like, okay, I mean, he's got decent numbers in college, but but it didn't I mean, seem anything like outstanding. Like I, it's just such a familiar pattern from the Flames. Like why why are we? Going out to get these 23-year-old guys who can't even make our team. I mean, Fu, Fu doesn't make it. Um, we signed Daniel Pribble. What mm-hmm. the fuck has he done? <laughs> this, the, the, it should have been a warning sign when he said he was the second highest scorer in the Czech League. One behind Roman Cervenka. Roman Cervenka was, you know, heads and tails better than this guy. But yet we're signing Daniel Pribble. Well, we had Cervenka and look, look how that turned out. And then, you know, Kenny Morrison, that defensive guy. Mm-hmm. We signed him too. All of these guys, older signings that we've got from college or from Europe, just not, not even close to even scratching the fourth line. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd think that there's enough talent in Canada and the U.S. to just scout during their junior days and, like, just go the, go the uh, conventional route, just drafting these guys. Like, we're, I think we're trying to find a bunch of these diamonds in the rough these undrafted or and or guys drafting like later rounds are just playing in Europe now or whatever, playing college and we're just hoping for another Yeah, but don't we realize we're the flames and are drafting licks balls? Yeah, like but we are not Detroit. Well, yeah, we're not Detroit. Not no not many teams are Detroit, but I, I don't know, like we did in fairness, we did scout uh Goudreau. Um, you know, we did scout Monaghan to a degree, but I mean you can't really go TSN wrong. TSN scouted Monaghan. Yeah, but you can't. Exi- yeah. TSN like, you scouted Bennett. You can't really quote unquote scout a guy in the first round either. Like they're all pretty good. Like the depth of the talent that's coming into the drafts, like in the last five six years, have been way better than when I when we were younger. Like, so I don't know. I think we are just trying to find these hidden gems, but it's difficult. And I don't think we should be relying on that. We should still be relying on conventional scouting and making sure we watch these kids while they're in junior. I'm almost inclined to say like the fourth line should be a development line and it's just a revolving door of people who you think are going to fight day yeah, in, yeah. day out and give it... How, how much does... What, the fourth line plays what? Eight minutes a game? Yeah. About there. Maybe ten? Yeah. 
Give, I, give it something. Give it a whirl. Give it a spin. But, I mean, we're looking at Goudreau, Monaghan, Furland, Kachuk, Backlund, Froelich, obviously. Mm-hmm. Something of Versteeg, Bennett, Brower, and then any combination of those six, which I'm thinking Lazar and Stajan are locks. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they can get rid of Stajan if that's a thing. And then Jankowski, no. Hamilton, Glass. Who, yeah. who knows? We'll find out in the coming days. But I guess on the defense side, you obviously got... Hamilton, Gio, Brody, Hamanich, Stone. Uh, for me, I hope it's Kulak. Barkowski, yeah, like no, too. no, thank you. I don't. He he's got a he's like a turnover machine. Yeah, I kind of worry just about this say, guy. Like, in his preseason, it was like turnover <clears throat> from Barkowski. Turnover. Yeah. Like, no. Like I I kind of worry about that. Like he's I, like a he's like. He looks like Chris Russell, <laughs> yeah. and he's way worse. And <laughs> Russell wasn't amazing, but. <laughs> I like Russell, man. Yeah, but I mean, you got to think. The guy is blocking so many shots because the opposition's always shooting. Yeah, but, you know, the statisticians, like these hockey statisticians, just had a massive hate on this guy. Like, Some, it's like a hate-love-hate hate thing. Yeah, but he did something to these guys. Like, he must have just, like, you know, took a shit on their doorstep or something. Like, I don't know. They were, they had this, like, target on the guy. Like... Of all the of all the players, How many statisticians in, have daughters. Well, Chris Russell, Chris, 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 don't do that, man. <laughs> but like, no, seriously, like, why? Every statistician had a massive like. Of all the fucking players they hate in the NHL, they hate it on Chris Russell of all players. Like, the wow. guy's a, a stay-at-home, like, decent defender, good, good character. Like, <laughs> who would you? Who would your number one guy be to hate on? <laughs> on the Flames? No, 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 no. In the NHL. Oh God. It's a loaded question. <laughs> Ryan Kessler or Corey Perry, man. Fuck easily, those two. Easily. Fuck them. Bieksa. Oh, uh, no. Bieksa's not even close to those others. McDavid. <laughs> Kessler is a fucking... He's a pig fucker, man. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. Or like, um... On the Oilers, um... What was it? Cassian? Oh, oh, man. Dude, that guy... I mean, would never want to play against him just because he's just a. Oh, and we're forgetting. We're forgetting Sean dude. Avery. Yeah, she, <laughs> he has know, a rule made up for him. I know, but I mean, the guy, <laughs> he still produced, which was like for considering what he, he produced penalty minutes. I'll give you yeah, that. He produced like and he rules. actually had okay he makes points rules. for the guy that for a guy that was just like always marred with controversy, like and penalty minutes and the amount of minutes he actually had in the game. He was actually not horrible. But a piece of shit, nonetheless. So if you could pick, if you could pick that fourth line, who are you taking? I take. I don't know. I put Jankowski there. Jankowski. I would do Lazar. Like he's got. I mean, he's still young. Maybe some upside. Then I don't know. Like I'm kind of forced to just pick Stajan at that point because I just know he won't get cut. Um, you know. Lazar, you better do something this year because mm-hmm. I don't know how many chances you're gonna get. He is slowly, um, it does feel like this is kind of his, it's not his last stop, but this is the last stop to make a breakout. At that point, you're just going to become this like perennial AHL slash European player after this stop, I think. I think, yeah. I think once once you've had this many chances and you don't make it, you know, it's just, there's no way back. Which is sad because he had like an awesome Team Canada career. Like I remember there was a big hype about one him. one tournament though. Yeah, such a small sample size. I suppose, but then he was doing all right on Ottawa during that time as well. I, I, apparently, he only had thirteen goals for Ottawa in his entire time there, mm. which isn't good. That's not good. So, 
I don't know if you read this or not. There was a rumor from about from Colorado about Duchesne saying that we were going to trade for Duchesne and somehow we had just figured out that we could trade Emile Poirier for Matt Duchesne or something of that kind. If I could do that, I would do that. Obviously, yeah, yeah. but that's that's pretty much impossible. That's why it probably didn't come. You have any thoughts? What you... the, there has to be something Duchesne's, else involved. He's center, right? He's a center? Yeah, I think so. Um, but I, don't I think, think like he's a win, wing. No, I don't think so. I think he's a center. But I mean, I, I there's has to be something else involved in that trade for that to happen. I don't think it can be a straight swap like that at all. Like, there's no way. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Oh no, no chance. It was just someone trying to write an article on a slow news day. Obviously. Well, that was probably a uh, Eklund rumor or something like that. I mean, you know how reliable those guys are. But this thing, this Duchesne thing has had a lot of press for a long time and nothing seems to be happening. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have, I mean, he had like that, it seemed like he had a pretty good start to his career, but then, I don't know, he didn't really have a good year last year, but in fairness, Colorado was like absolute shit last year. Um, They're absolute shit this year. Yeah, I don't like... Who's going to score goals on this team? McKinnon? Landis Cog? McKinnon's and good though. Like if they, they can get they, him, they're flying. both good, but they just—they're not producing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what their problem is, but yeah, like I mean, I'd still take Duchesne even at at this form over Poirier. I know Poirier struggled to break the team here, but and I actually really like Poirier. I like his game. We could use a guy like him. He's got the speed. He's got the hands, but for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to mentally get well, into the game here. He didn't make many many rounds of cuts, like. Mm-hmm. These guys are there, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see what it comes out with. He might Who need steps out year. onto the ice on Wednesday. Yeah, he might need another year here in the A, but I don't know. Like you mentioned, Detroit. We may have mentioned some previous podcast, but I do support keeping guys in the A for a certain amount of time, like even if they're till twenty five, because that's kind of what Detroit's done, and it's been a formula that's worked for them. So I don't it, think that works for us. It may not work for us, but it depends on our scouting now, right? Like I think when Feaster was our GM, we had decent scouting. Decent scouting. Like the guys that we're talking about that are either doing really well for the team or breaking the team are Feaster scouts. It's Goudreau, Jankowski. Yeah. Like we're talking about two guys that are that could like one's obviously pivotal to our team in Goudreau. And Jankowski's got the tools to be a very good player for us. Like, he's got the size, he's got the hands, he's got the desire. I, I think he's, he's got some good potential. So, the second we had someone that was actually scouting for that, we ended up firing him. But all because of that Ryan O'Reilly thing, or maybe indirectly related to it, but we got rid of him because of that. Right, right. Basically. And... But maybe the farm is still full of those guys that he scouted. Maybe there is value in letting these guys cook a little bit more in the in the A. Maybe I don't know. There's no risk, right, to keep them there till they're twenty. I'm so glad 25. we did not do that Ryan O'Reilly thing. Oh man, oh, that, that would have been, been terrible. It would have been embarrassing. But <laughs> that, that Ryan O'Reilly, <laughs> Ryan <laughs> O'Reilly. That that whole like, but that rule was great. And I remember on TSN they were interviewing other GMs. Or they were like, uh. Yeah, like the rule states this, but then there was that cutoff, and then like we could have lost them on waivers if we gave up a player. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah, what a mess. Anyway, we didn't do that. Luckily, we fluked out, but cost somebody his job. 
Yeah, well, I'm sure he's really struggling now. Yeah, he's hating life. <clears throat> Goaltending. Okay. Okay, here we go. Between the pipes. Brace yourself. Brace yourselves. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say too much about Smith yet. Not a good preseason with him. Uh, Lack, horrible preseason with him. <laughs> but he's a back. <clears throat> I, mean, I just remember watching the highlights and it just, you know, you got to save that. You got to save that. Yeah. That, that has to be a save. And I don't want to be saying that all season. Too many years of Hiller and Ramo and Elliot and Johnson and just being like, you, you got to save that. We we have a major goaltending curse because we've and we've inhibited that ourselves because we've had six different goalies in three seasons now. No goalie in the NHL in their right mind. If we get rid of at the end of the season, if we get rid of Smith and Lack, no goalie in the right mind in the NHL will come to our team. That's why it's got to go to Gillies. Exactly, and maybe that is going to be Gillies' opportunity. Or, or uh, you know, whoever else is ready to take advantage of this potential opportunity next season. Hopefully we're not going to start talking about next season already. It hasn't even started <laughs> yet. But my point is, is that we have such a problem with goaltending right now. And I'm just hoping Smith proves me wrong. Because right now I'm not totally on board with him. The only thing that I really enjoyed seeing from him is that when we, he would have a goal against that... I did feel like he should have had. He looked visibly, visibly rattled. Like he wants to. Well, that's his persona, yeah, his right? Persona, his persona is really the only thing that keeps me optimistic he, he's about him. He's a character still. guy. Yes. The right kind he of wants, character. Yeah, the, right, the, the guy that we were talking about, the guy that comes early, leaves late, works his ass off, makes sure he does his best for the team. Every but maybe day. the skill isn't there. And especially at. Maybe. What is he, 35 now? Yeah, he's older for sure. I don't know his exact. But I mean, right you know, and we were talking about this too. If if Gilly gets this, if Gilly's gets his chance because maybe someone's playing so poorly or an injury or something like that. Yeah. Man, if he runs with it, I hope we run with him, and I yeah. hope we give him that chance to be successful. And then he gets it. Hey, the job is yours because you are you're the future. And yeah. s- these guys we have in the prospect system, we have decent goalie prospects. Like, decent is an understatement. They're good. Yeah. They're very good. I'm actually yeah. excited high, about our goaltending prospects. We, so, I mean, I think you got to, at some point, hand over the keys to the kingdom and be these stopgap 35-year-old goalies. I know we said we like the contract, the two-year contract, but thinking about it a bit longer, two years might seem too long. How long are we going to keep this guy in the AHL? Make him wait and... Yeah. I think... And there's a cap, again, with the AHL, right? Like, if a goalie has, let's say, two or three very solid seasons in the AHL, he's not going to really face anyone, anything tougher from an overall level perspective. Like, he's... You're going to cap him out, and then he's going to get all comfortable at that level, that quote-unquote peak level of the AHL. Well, he's already performing very well. And he's performing very well. But if you don't give him the opportunity to continue his growth and development in the NHL, even if he's losing a few games, who cares? Keep him there. Let him play. The more shots he gets, the better he's going to get in theory. You just need this guy to practice. The more game time he gets in Calgary. And the more game time. Absolutely. That's what I mean. In the NHL. He needs to play in the NHL uh, sooner than later. So yeah, like hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping not, you know, Mike Smith, I don't want him to get injured, obviously, but like if something happens and 
you know, like there's like a groin pull or something like that. He's got to sit out a couple games. I wouldn't want to play Lack. I'd be like, you know what? Gillies. Why not bring up Gillies for a couple of these games? Or, you know, if Mike Smith is out for five games, then maybe you play Lack for a couple and you play Gillies for a couple and see who plays better. Just, Why not? Just if he, if he gets a chance, yeah. I hope we give it to him. And I, and I hope he seizes it. I, I, I feel like he will. I like think if you're... You, you look at that Murray situation in Pittsburgh yeah. where he usurped Flurry. Yeah. They just ran with it because they thought this guy... He's good, and he's the future, and they, they let Fleury go. He's got the talent, and he, he, he pulled it off, right? The, you these goalies, you know, they, they need that opportunity. You look, yeah. at, you look at Kiprasov, you look at Holpe. These guys just came out of nowhere, and then, bam, they snatched it. They took it. I feel like that's what has to happen and for one a, of these guys, And for they us. had a coach and a team that let them keep rolling with it. We got to – I got to hope that Galdsen, like – if there was an example where Gillies came up and won us five games in a row, I would hope to hope the Christ that Gullison is going to be like, you're staying. You're not going anywhere. Lack, we're putting on waivers. Mike Smith, you're back up. Like, seriously. Like, Something that's like it. that. Something like that. Well, Lack's like, on a one-year deal, isn't he? Okay, no one's going to pick him up then anyway. Yeah. So no. then he goes to the A and he plays. Who would and pick he, him up? Man, there's no point in picking up Lack. Like, it, it's a backup player. And everyone's got their backup. Like, backups aren't guys that, like, you sit there and, like, you're, you know, relishing at picking up in waivers, right? You, you, those are guys that are just... You can trade them for, like, a six-rounder and get them. It's not really a big deal yeah. if you miss them. The more I think, like, I don't know. I hope I just get proved wrong on this front. I hope Me they too. play amazingly well. Me too. I'm just not that confident. <laughs> I just hope they play well. But, yes, our goaltending situation is... <laughs> dog shit right now and I just hope Smith has the capability of carrying this team at least for this definitely year. definitely he has it he has it like he for sure has I it I mean the defense in front of him is solid there's no doubt about that you have a very solid core in front of him make a few key saves a game you got yourself 2-1 wins you know yeah like crazy in the bag in the bag yeah we were missing that last year we were missing yeah. those 2-1 games we were missing right? those 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 key saves and those key moments or not letting in a goal in the first 8 yeah. fucking minutes because <laughs> some bullshit goalie is already in his butterfly and the puck's not even past the red line oh god <laughs> Hiller. <clears throat> i don't miss that at all where he'd just sit there in the butterfly behind the net. And he would, like, just move shimmy oh, across. He just, like, it's like some kind and of... And he would move so slowly. It's like in like, NHL when like, you, you don't know how to goaltend on the shootout. It's like, yeah. I don't know what year that was in NHL. And you're, like, pressing square and the goalie's just butterflying and you're trying to block this guy. It was so stupid. Then every, every player with half a brain would just, like, lift the puck. <laughs> because it's like, well, he's on the ground anyway. He's not going to, like... What's the point? And that's why we beat Vancouver. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> just quickly, we wanted to touch on the arena. The election's coming up October 16th. Like, it seems like it's getting a way, way, way too, more, too, too political for my taste, anyhow, mm-hmm. uh, with Gary Bettman getting involved in these yeah. absolutely filthy rich owners. And the owners said, no more. We're not negotiating yeah. this anymore. Okay. Deals well, off. Stored us then. Blackmail yeah. us. Pricks. You know... Part of me just wants to be like, you know what? Fuck you then. Go. I mean, that's what that's what Good thing San Diego did. No, it's not up to us. But that's what San Diego did to the Chargers. Like, yeah, fucking go then. What are you gonna do? 
Just go then. NFL's a bit of a different story. No, I know. NFL's got a lot more liquidity when it comes to moving from city to city. But, but I mean, moving out of Calgary is not a good idea. It's a great market for hockey, I think. And I know you were mentioning that Ken King now says we're a have-not team. Yeah. But we're, we're I don't know if I believe him. Program. Yeah, like we're part of that process. Can he lie right about that? I feel like that would get... I feel like the NHL would say something if we weren't in that Would position. they, though? Because the NHL is definitely on his side. Yeah, that's a good point. But Gary he... Bettman and Ken King have their fingers so far up each other's asses <laughs> that, you know, they're fucking liking it. For the listeners that don't know, Ken King, apparently he had... He, he made a statement saying that we are actually part of now the revenue sharing. We're receiving the revenue sharing from the NHL now. We're not actually... You know, providing the money like the higher markets, the higher turnaround mar- or sorry, the higher profit markets. Right. We used to be. We, we used, used to be writing a check to those. Basically, to, now we're to receiving basically it. Florida. Now we're now we're receiving it. a check from from New York, you know, New York or Toronto or whatever. So yes, if that is true, that's bad. But you can't tell me that a better stadium is going to change that. Sorry, but a better team is going to change that, uh, and that's and your And a better job. stadium isn't going to arrive this year? No. Or next year? Or next no. year? Or next year? So why don't you focus on having a better team first, Ken King, before you sit there and cry about a stadium? If you had a better team, we wouldn't be in this situation where we're receiving money from the NHL now. Everybody knows this. You said, I remember when you were first president of this club... You said that we were officially in the black after we made that playoff run when we made the final. You said we were in the black. And then, to me, you haven't said anything since till basically two weeks ago. So we must have been in the black for the last however many years now. So something went wrong with the team. And that's because people are not coming out anymore. People are not spending as much money to these games anymore. Maybe there's a, there's a specific, you know criteria here as, as well because there's an economic downturn in Calgary but we always have to be prepared for economic ups and downs that's just a cycle for this thing every 10 years everything's going to happen in the world anything could happen but if you have a solid product people are going to come there's always going to be money for that so if you're sitting there making all this like bullshit about a stadium and how the city needs to pay for some of it and how you guys don't want to pay for much of it then you know what? Like I don't know how to help you there, bud. Like, but you're not doing your primary job, and that's that's a team. Well, I know that Murray Edwards, and uh, has a net worth of what two point one billion, two point one billion. Yeah. And the other guy has a net worth of f- over three billion, and then there is another guy who has a net worth of over one billion. So these guys combined have a net worth of six plus billion. Plus, you've got the other owners, Ken Kings, who are in the high millions. Mm-hmm. And they want, what is going on? Yeah. And you, you want my money? And you know my, my net worth is like four cents. Yeah. Well, yeah, that so is mine. <laughs> Come on. Like, have you heard the production in this podcast? Like, uh, we don't have any money. But <laughs> it's so ironic is that they're businessmen, right? You think that if they put money into something, they're doing it because they're going to make money back. Correct? But they are. But no, but see the irony here? They won't put money into the stadium. They're putting very little into it because they know it doesn't make money. That's why they're not doing it. But yet they're sitting there saying, we need the city to pay for this. We're not going to pay for it. But if you're not making money and you're saying that you don't want to spend money 
and now you're in the receiving side of the NHL profit sharing program, how the fuck is a new stadium going to make you money? You're bullshitting us. If, you, if it was going to make money, guys, you would have put money into it. Simple as that. Yeah. Long story short, it's a giant clusterfuck. And have you been to the stadium lately? <laughs> Tell I us. went to the game last week. The panels and the advertising boards were half lit. The horn sounded like it was broken. It was literally bro- like it was sounded like you know when a teenager is like losing his voice, it's cracking and stuff. Like, <laughs> I swear the Crowfoot Arena actually was better is better shape than the Saddle Dome. There was wires hanging from the uh, fucking broadcast booth. We're just getting ready for Edmonton fans to come. We want them to oh, feel dude. like they're at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they stopped taking care of the saddle, though, man. They're, they're, they're like, we're done with this. this is, it all took of this 20 just... minutes for my burger to get ready. <laughs> 20 fucking minutes. I missed half the fucking period. <laughs> Imagine if you had to take a piss on top of that. <laughs> and you wanted an ice cream. It's over. So you 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 dude, show up for the shootout. You should. <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit, man. Like, God. Goodbye. like you, you can't just stop taking care of the stadium, guys. Like, uh, <laughs> like yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah, man. Duh. Like this thing is in worse shape than like San Siro in fucking Milan. That was <laughs> built like a hundred years ago, man. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but anyway. Uh, I don't know. You got anything else? No, I think we'll I think we'll leave it there for uh, today. Um, we'll be back in about probably a week, something over Thanksgiving long weekend to talk about the Edmonton game. Um, all I'm gonna say on that front is, go Flames, go because there's nothing more I hate than Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> and hopefully we start off the season well. And thank you all for listening. Our our followers have been increasing on Twitter. <laughs> and they're not like the porn app, like... Escort bots. Escort, Escort bots. bots. Although we're, we're pretty sure they're not. But there are some like legit people. And actually, we got a message from a nice fan. And, you know, he enjoys our podcast. And just a quick shout-out to him. We'll, we'll do our shout-outs with the more people we yeah. get following. And so, you know, eventually, hopefully, we'll get up to the point where we mentioned this earlier. We can start to... Tweeting out, hey, we're going to record on this day. Send us your questions. We'd love to address those. That's coming Q&A. soon. I hope. But yeah, you can check us out on Twitter if you haven't already. We're at FlamesFanCast. That's at FlamesFanCast. If you want to email us, it's FlamesFanCast at gmail.com. Uh, and then you can Google us, just FlamesFanCast. Fa- Flames. I can't. I can never say this in any episode. <laughs> FlamesFanCast on SoundCloud, where you can find now all four of these episodes. You can check out episode one, two, three, and four. Uh, and again, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoy it. We want to get you involved. Check us out on Twitter. Give us a follow on Twitter. Have a lovely week. Bye-bye. Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand.